take a second to stop and smell the flowers with America's most isolated podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. Oh! <laughs> I'm Ben Cheats, and the mind is the anus of the eyelid. Incredible. Wow, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> That's going to make no sense to anyone listening. Nope. But... <laughs> That's and right. we're going to sound like idiots trying to explain it, but yep. whatever. It's cool. We love an inside joke. All right. Hey, who's at the door? Rock, rock, open up the door. It's real. It's the rock, rock, rockin' of rocks, you feel? <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Cleveland Motion. How are y'all doing tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm vibin'. Yeah. We just watched a vibes movie. We did. A movie that I'm going to struggle to talk about. So, yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. I, I was, was like, at least one of y'all. I, gonna be I'm a, hoping you uh-oh. guys have a lot to say. Cause... This might have been a good one to watch like a few days we're gonna, before instead of right before recording. We're going we're gonna to we muddle, muddle our way through it. Um, we, we, finally, we finally saw Ennis Men. Ennis uh, Men. Ennis Men. As I'll be calling it for the rest of the podcast. We, we, yeah, we finally, saw, we finally saw Ennis Men. Um, a film that came out several months ago now, but uh, very limited. very limited release. Um, usually, even limited release stuff we can get around here. Like we did get to see Skinamarink in theaters when that came out, but not this one. You had to go to a small island and stare at a rock to see this movie, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And that's what we did. Uh, we finally saw it. Uh, this is uh, a film that is written and directed by. Mark a gentleman Jenkin. named Mark Jenkin. Um, I was just scrolling through his uh, filmography before this. It's mostly shorts and music videos. Uh, I saw he's got at least one other feature called Bait that came out in 2019. But it's a relatively uh, a new director. And the this year... movie was Bait. <laughs> it was Art House Bait. It is, yeah, yeah. It is Art House Bait. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's it was certainly uh, the trailer did not uh, did not quite convey the actual uh, tempo of this film. <laughs> I disagree. I watched this trailer, and y'all remember, I was like, I think this movie's gonna be pretentious, and I think it was. I think, mm, like, yeah, 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 it was a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna sit back and let one of you. Explain to me the story of this <laughs> Okay, I got th- I got this. How do you? I got this. Please. It's this is easy because there's not much of a story. <laughs> um, it's a lot of unreliable narrator too. The, yeah, uh, this is uh, this film's about uh, just over ninety minutes, and it is about a unnamed woman alone on an island uh, off the Cornish coast. She is there to study some flowers and it's basically grieve yeah maybe uh unclear it's basically uh your classic uh isolation causes insanity film uh with maybe something supernatural going on with all the tropes but uh just you know the most vague nebulous version of that that you can imagine i this is one like we just watched it this is a movie that like you said earlier cleave i kind of wish we had a few days to simmer on before talking about because i i don't know maybe maybe i'm too dumb for this movie no this movie made me feel very dumb no guys okay look 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 i feel like there is something that this obviously i think mark jenkin is trying to say something with this film I don't know what, and I'm undetermined whether that's my problem or the film's problem. I, think, I haven't figured that so out yet. Here's the thing. Whenever we do focus testing for QA in games, and a player is like hits a puzzle or a challenge or something, and they say, "Damn, I just I feel like I'm really stupid right now." We all have to stop and say, "No, the puzzle's stupid. We need to fix it." Right? Like, just from, like, a, a development... Story. And I get I get it. You don't want to dumb down your shit so hard and, you know, like... I, yeah, I also like, think like, that's... You want to you that, maintain, like, like something academic... That's not... I don't think, I don't think that's a one... I, I don't I, think that's a one-to-one correlation. I do think but it's like, an here, interesting comparison because I think 
this movie, to me, while watching it, I felt like, oh, this would have probably worked better as a video game. Having agency of, you know, a character and seeing some of the, the spooky, weird stuff going on would have worked a lot better be than a movie where you're just passively observing something without agency. Honestly, what I was thinking know? the whole time is I was like, this would make a great Bell Witch music video. Yes. Yo, I agree to that. So this would make it, it's, before, about, it's about the right length. Before I get, like, too harsh on the things I don't like about this movie, I want to leave with some positives. Sure. Right? The visuals. Pretty great. Yeah. I liked a lot of the shots in this film. First off, authentic rain, really nice, really pretty. Already better I mean, than skin and marink. Ha, shot ha, ha. on sixteen millimeter. Yeah, at least mostly. Yeah, I'm. I'm on. I'm. There are a few shots that I wouldn't be surprised if they went back and did some pickup shots digitally. Sure. Um, but yes, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the film is set in 1973, and I did have to rem- like consciously remind myself a number of times th- through the film that it was not made in 1973. Yeah. No, um, it's a good job of, like, appearing as if it's of the era. Yeah, it's it's very authentic feeling. Which is, know, a, which is an impressive feat, I, I think. I will say it also kind of is very vibrant in terms of usage of color. Mm-hmm. Bright reds, bright yellows throughout the film. Which... Well, splashes of color against a kind of characteristically muted sort of English backdrop. Yeah, I mean, you know what this movie reminded me of? You've seen it, Tease's Mm. Don't Look Now. Nicholas Rogue. Yeah, I can see that. That's a movie that I'm not super... Well, I haven't seen it since, like, freshman year of college, and I was not super hot on Don't Look Now. I'm not a big fan of Nicholas Rogue in general. I know a lot of people adore his movies, but I just find them boring. Yeah. And vibes can only take you so far, in my opinion. But the vibes, generally, Depends. I liked. Um, yeah, and yeah. and the the score as well. Like, I, I really liked the ambient. Uh, the it's ambient, like a weird minimal synth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird synthy stuff, and kind of and pretty haunting. Like earnestly haunting, and I love a weird minimal haunting. Feels synth. feels time period appropriate yeah. as well until the the credits music, the credits music yeah. which is where you get the little the, little, the remix yeah. <laughs> i saw like that trip hop mark i saw i did see in the credits that mark jenkins did the score for this as well yeah which in um, this case good like i, I don't see the ego thing like that yeah was nice. you know it, it this is an interesting movie because like i don't feel like i super connected with it mm-hmm. but in terms of like concrete gripes i don't have many I, have See, I certainly didn't have a bad time with the movie i think i overall enjoyed it but i it, you know it's easy to compare to to another like very minimalist uh experimental feature film of this year skinnamarink which i feel like i connected with much more than this very different films, sure, very different sure. goals, very different aesthetics. You but... know, I think that's a, a very valid comparison. You know what I was thinking of throughout the film is the movie Inside with Willem Dafoe that we watched. Oh, I was going to say, there's like so many movies yeah, called sorry. Inside. <laughs> <laughs> no, Inside with Willem Dafoe where he gets stuck in the apartment. Man, I already... saw it in the theater. I, forgot I already it. forgot well, we saw that movie. Yeah. That's the interesting discussion question that I wanted to bring to the table here is, you know, minimalistic movies are a very challenging feat because you have to, you know, do so much with so little. You have to engage your audience without really kind of playing your cards. Mm -hmm. And I think we all agree that Inside wasn't super effective at that. No. You know? And (laughs) originally I was going to ask this assuming you guys liked this movie a bit more than I think you do now that we've talked about it. I like this movie. I like this movie. What do you think makes minimalist stuff like this in this movie work where it doesn't work necessarily in something like inside because i think they're very similarly minimalistic yeah i i feel like 
I feel like intention does kind of matter in in this sure. case because like I feel like inside which is not a comparison that I would have made, but it's an interesting one, and a film that I have already forgotten about um, that we saw not that long ago. Yeah, well, I um, mean, it didn't help. We we Full disclosure, we saw it in a double feature with Creed, after 3, Creed 3, which is, like, one of the most maximalist movies. Yeah. And to go from that to, like, a super minimalist movie sure, pretty just made the... Uh, contrast all the more glaring but but to answer to answer your question I, I i do think that it's in in the case of those two films compared that it is a matter of intent because inside presents itself kind of as like a heist film slash like escape film you know it's it's willem dafoe locked in this There's like a literal plot yeah, locked in this, like, super high-tech apartment building. He's an art thief. He gets trapped. He's trying to get out. You know, it's it's something that should be exciting, but it isn't. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the big problem with Inside is that, like, yeah, it's about him sort of losing his mind in isolation, but really I want to, I, you know, I'm, I'm invested in his attempt to escape, right? So I feel like there should be some kind of excitement for that. And something like this, this is very obviously meant to be slow, hypnotic, dreamy. It's about, like, the sort of blending of reality with dream and uh, hallucination caused by, you know, prolonged period of isolation. Sure. Um, I, I So I think that, like, this movie sort of immediately lays its cards on the table. It's like, I feel like I knew what this movie was going to be pretty quickly once we started. I mean, it. Yeah, even for the trailer, like and yeah. inside, I, I think the trailer's more. You know, the the trailer shows literally everything remotely exciting that happens in this film. So I do think it's kind of like a, a, it's, it's a misleading it, trailer. It's a misleading trailer. It does lead you to believe that more is happening in this film than it is. Yeah, well, it but sets like, itself up to be like a wicker man, right? We but then once you're once once you're get... actually watching the movie, when you're like ten or fifteen minutes in, it's like okay, I understand the cadence of this film. I know what I'm in for for basically basically the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, like, and I think, I think that's a really good point. And you can accept that. But with Inside, it's like, I'm waiting, it's like, is this going to be when something actually happens? Yeah, and that's a really good point that I hadn't completely considered, is like, every film succeeds or fails on its own terms. Totally. Right? Like, and Inside kind of fails because it sets itself up to be sort of a heist escape movie, mm. and it really doesn't do much with that. Where this movie sets itself up to be a minimalist piece on isolation and yeah, it's this that is stuff. this and is I a think dr- it's a dreamy film because of that it succeeds. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can say it succeeds. Because, I, my, my problem is no. Like, I think this film. I think this film does succeed in its goals. Does it connect with me personally? Kind of. I found a lot of the mechanics to be tropey. I think that some of them are pretty well executed, but man, I just there, there's so much you know tea kettle, you know whining sure, shit that yeah. this movie does. It's like every fucking horror movie does the whining tea kettle. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've seen like. The journal entry where everything is the same and suddenly something changes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's so many tropes in this movie. Yeah. You know? And and like for a minimal film to also be tropey, you're left kind of wondering like, okay, what's left? Um, I've been waiting to bring it up, but it's time. Um, uh, our favorite film to call on, uh, uh, Hagazusa. Hagazusa. Uh, look, I think I think that Hagazusa is a way better movie. Like. Mm, I I disagree. I think personally, I, I like the environment more in Agazusa. I like what I'm looking at, but um, also when it comes to subject matter, I think that there are more original and kind of unique things happening. And here, it's like it's well enough executed. Again, like the the score is great and the the cinematography is is interesting. But the cinematography is very direct. 
you know, things are always very perfectly framed in center, you know, or in the third, and the camera always just slowly tracks, and we always watch the character walk all the way through a shot. Um, it's very, like, young Herzog-esque to me, you know, like, I remember in Nosferatu, you know, you always get, like, the, the wagon going all the way across yeah. the bridge. We see the whole journey. And here it's the, much the same, you know, like, we, we get our whole journey going down from the flowers back up to the house several times. Um, from always from different angles, very pretty with unique music, and it's 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 nice. But then whenever that's interrupted, it's often again interrupted by tropes. Uh, and you know she sees she she looks up and she sees her her dead lover's face, but then oh no, it's just the side of the building. You know it's it's just it's things I've seen a million times. Um, and uh, you know there's a big monument on the island, a big rock that's supposed to be representative of grief. So okay, cool. The movie's about grief. Is that what it's supposed to be represented? That's what the about? radio says. Yeah, there's a piece on the radio that comes on. I know it was like it was almost indistinguishable British, but like one of the <laughs> first ones that came on was talking about how like it's a place where all these miners, like the island, like the Ennis Isles or whatever, it's a place where these all these miners died, and people also come to the island for like some sort of like grief ritual or for the. I don't think it was a ritual, but it was, like, for, like, well, there's the grief in front of the stone. And the stone is, like, a monument to grief, which is why it's, like, knocking at the door. And, like, she lost... We keep seeing all these people she lost around herself. And yeah, rock, 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 who's like, there? So is, if you is guys were looking for, like, an explanation to the movie, that's it. It's about grief. Uh, so, it's, uh, so, it's, uh, so it's every horror movie ever made. Exactly! Tropes! Yeah. Yes! Uh, I mean, I, yeah, no, I, 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 mean, I, guess, I guess you're right. Like, like, it's it's, it's yeah. carrying itself... It carries itself like an academic film. Like, it, it looks beautiful. It's, it's, ooh, it's shot to me. It looked just like it's from the 70s, and it's weird kind of synths, and it's all very art housey. But at the end of the day... It's it's just another it's just another horror movie about grief using the same tropes with grief and I find that to be pretentious like and yeah okay I, I'm sorry though Hagazusa is just as tropey and is a student film about mental illness yes no it's so, not so, <laughs> I am gonna, pu- are, I'm gonna push right. back a little bit no, there no, 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 no. you are, you are you are right on that point they're both vibes movies I just think that Hagazusa you, is more you, unique. Here, you I'm like gonna, the vibes I'm of Hagazusa come through better, with the yeah. bold take okay they both suck. Fair. You can like not like both of them. I honestly though, like like here, here's the thing. I think they're both okay under like somewhat undeveloped. Like like here's the thing. I I think uh I I like the subject matter of Hagazusa a lot more witches are fucking cool. I'd rather watch something with that subject matter. Sure, bias, whatever. But like with with Ennis Men, I just I found it to be like I found the tropes to just be like it's it's not just the subject matter, it's also the execution. I don't know. I I think I think it was just a lot it was more I don't know. I, I I actually feel like I but I didn't hate it that much. I feel like I appreciate the execution of what's in this film a lot. I think that more of okay. my problems just come from I feel like I wish there was I wish there was a little bit more happening. I yeah. like it's yeah. it it feels like it feels wrong to say that of something like uh, of a film like this cuz it's not really what it's about but I just like you know Skinnerink which is a, a similarly like very slow like vibes based film like it does have a number of like good payoffs. Yes. And I don't think that this film ever has anything amounting to a payoff. And I think that's, it's okay, but it, it does leave me, uh, a little bit hollow at the end of it. Like I'm just kind of, I was just kind of, I was wanting some sort of climax. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you this. Like, (laughs) a little, Little beer, little spill dribble. My, spill um, my beer. <laughs> but I'll, no, I'll, I'll give you this. Skinnamarink has a way better plot. Like, and and the yeah. beats are better in Skinnamarink too. I like to I look agree. at this movie more, and yeah. I like that I could see what was happening in this movie, <laughs> and that's cool. Um, unlike Skinnamarink. But like, with yeah, we know we know that your types of vibes movies are ones that you can see. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I can see this movie. So in that, I'm gonna give it some points. Like, it was nice to look at. The grain was nice and swimmy and pretty, and it really like I really like how um there's there's a lot of cool shots where like the the moss and the rocks and the algae from the rocks and like the really swimmy patterns of the water mm. all like kind of uh, 
diffuse into the grain and you get these wonderful kind of like soft really soft browns greens and purples yeah it's a really nice looking film cool into each other and it looks great and i wish it had anything to do with grief but like or something that like like it it tied tied into the story more other than it just being like pretty shots on the island because it looked great but it didn't mean anything it, you know, it's, it was like a, you know, when you go to, like, a fine dining restaurant, and they give you, like, this giant plate, and in the center of it is, like, a tiny, like, Cleave thing with the stacked. food metaphors. I love, I love a food metaphor. We, you know I do. We know. <laughs> I don't think you go a single episode without doing a food metaphor. Good, good. Callback. So, like, uh, and it's, like, you know, it's, like, a big plate, and, like, and it's got, like, a little, like, crust of something over the top of it. It looks really pretty, and... You know, maybe they do something with the sauce where it's kind of splattered, you know. It's, it's a fine dining bullshit, and it's like, I, it's tasty, but there's no sustenance there. Like, mm. there's nothing to fucking eat. Yeah, I like, I almost feel like this movie would have gotten a lot of more mileage out of being direct a little bit more. Yes. I feel that so much is implied and metaphor about grief and kind of in her mind... That, like, it leaves you kind of flat because of Mm. it. Because there's no, like, through line to keep the audience engaged beyond, oh, this is a metaphor for grief. There's no, yeah, there's no real anchor, yeah. I, no, I, I can, I can kind of agree with that. I mean, I, you know, no, okay, maybe I will, maybe I will push back against that a little bit. I think it's thin, but I, I think the anchor of the film and what contributes to some of the things I like about it too, the the anchor is her is the routine, is the ritual sure. of sure. you know, of, of how she goes throughout her day. Goes out, she checks this little patch of flowers, takes the temperature of the soil, walks back, drops a rock down the mine shaft, uh, you know, goes back to the house, makes tea listening to the radio, sits down, has dinner, makes her notes in the notebook, the date, the temperature of the soil, observation, always no change. Then she goes to bed reading her book, what is it, A Blueprint for Survival? Yeah. Um, And it's like, that's every single day, beat for beat for beat, and then gradually things start to interrupt and disrupt sure. that Grief. And, yes. and again it's it's thin it's thin i do think that there is some there there is something there and sure, i conceptually mm-hmm. but in practice i just don't feel like it's engaging enough to you know i agree claim that it's I interesting agree. you know i i think a great example of you know it just not working super well is there's a shot where she's... It's a close-up of her staring, right? Mm. And then it Lots cuts of that. to a dude staring back at her. And then it cuts back to her face close-up. And then it's just a brick wall yeah. close-up. There is implication in how you edit your film, right? The shot order really matters in what you're trying to imply. You know, it's the Kuleshov Kuleshov effect, effect. yeah. You know, and like with that sequence, what are they trying to say? Well, it's what I said earlier. It's like she was she zoned out and thought about her lover for a second. Yeah, like that's yeah. Like it's, it, it's it's grief is like working its way into it's her the life it's the intrusion. Way. It's the ha- It's the haunting. Uh, you know, yeah. of of these. Old she's she's haunt yeah these others. old ghosts of the, her memories and the, the ghosts of the island yeah the the my all the miners and exactly. stuff and yeah there's the the little placard at the dock about the boat the lifeboat with the, the lifeboat that everybody died when it went to help some ship and when the boatman comes later the i don't know if you caught that his boat has the same name mm-hmm. as the ship no, that went down yeah and she finds like the the piece of of the stern of the ship yeah. um yeah i mean it's it, yeah it's, it's something that i feel like i saw a lot in film school which yeah. is very simple and sophomoric metaphors done in a sort of quote-unquote artistic way. Yeah. Where, like, it really just leaves you empty 
at the end of things because again, there's not much to ground yourself. Yeah, to. it's it's a thing I feel like I feel like it's so specific to the filmmaker's vision that like it doesn't really connect with the viewer like I do really feel like Mark Jenkins is like trying to say something with this, but I don't know if he does Brief a good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's something there's something that feels like personal in there, and like everybody obviously has their own ways of like dealing with their own grief, but it's like but does it connect a form with the of language? Yeah. And if you're not communicating that well, yeah, like that's a failure of the filmmaker's part ultimately. <sighs> yeah, like, I think you know. A lot of the ideas and concepts at their core are very valid and interesting. And, you know, Mark Jenkins is right for that. But is he communicating that well? Yeah. And conveying it in in a way that the audience can identify. It's, and, it's and the honestly, problem. And honestly, like, I don't, I don't have a good answer for that question because, like... I'm still so fresh off of it and, you know, like setting matters as well. Like we saw Skin and Marink in the theater and it's like being in the theater holds you hostage. You have no choice but to fully engage with the yeah. film. And there were a few times in this where we started like talking and joking, you know, cause we're mm-hmm. sitting here watching it in my apartment. Like I cannot say for sure whether like i would gain more about this film on a rewatch maybe i don't know it's i i have a hard time like making definitive statements about what this film's success like one watch in i don't know yeah i think i think this film is suffering like from that art card problem i've mentioned this before but it's so it's it's not perfect, and there are plenty of exceptions, but it's the idea where when you go to a museum and you see a painting on the wall, and it's like, okay, it just looks like a tired dude. What what is the what is the painting supposed to be? You know, or or photograph. I've seen mm. that too at the fucking Guggenheim. I saw this. It was like just a dude, right? And I was like, okay, what what? It's like a, he looks kind of sleepy. I'm like, all right, what's up? Um, but then you go to the art card, little card that's on to the right of the painting on the wall, and you read it, and it's like. This is a photograph of a guy right after a marathon or something. Yeah. So we're expressing the moment when he's tired or whatever. And it's like, hey, that's cool, but, like, I had to read the fucking card. Or, uh, you know, it's a big white canvas with a red dot on it. You, you read the, the fucking thing and it says, oh, this represents isolation and, uh, you know, the, the, the overwhelming blah, blah, blah of society, right? And it's like... Look, man, if you got to read the card, the art isn't speaking for itself, which is the whole point. We're trying to communicate. It's art, right? And it doesn't have to be. There's another thing it can be. It can be... Art can also just serve the purpose of matching your fucking couch, right? And I think this movie matches, like, the couch of my mind really well. <laughs> yeah, sure. The of your mind. Like, like, I think this is a fine vibes movie. It is nice to look at. It's a great screensaver. Like... I'll, yeah, I'll give it that. I, no, I think it I think it does do a lot of things well. I you know, one one thing like big to its credit is like I did not feel its length really, personally. Like and this is the kind of movie that like if you're really not digging it, you'll feel its length. I at one point like I had to you know we we ran it back because I was looking at my phone oh, yeah. foolishly and missed uh, a, a great moment. You're and when we up, like Beef Wellington and when too. we yeah <laughs> yeah I was reading about Beef Wellington. <laughs> what about it? Uh, but but when I when I went to run it back, I was like shocked to see that there were only twenty minutes left in the film. Like I thought we were like thirty minutes. See, that's in. the mm-hmm. only moment that I have where I felt its length is like, I checked my watch with like five minutes left and I was like, Oh, is that going to be it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of, it is kind of a shame that then like (laughs) there is no really satisfying climax, but like the film is very like intentionally like sort of hypnotic with like its sure. repetition, you yeah. know, and it, it is trying to like lull you into the the same state of its protagonist. You know, it is it is sort of about being hypnotized 
and and I thought I thought it was really effective at that, like to to check that moment and see like, oh, we're already over an hour into this movie, and I feel like we're only thirty minutes in. It's like that is. Like that is that's an effect that's that's an effective pacing I think. That's one of the examples where I almost feel again like a video game version of this would have worked better yeah. in that like you would have had direct agency and been following that routine directly and had that progression with more agency. Whereas with the the film, you know, you are just a passive observer again mm. and because of that, it just passes by. You you can get into that state of mind of the routine, but the jarring effects of the weirdness that comes out still feels jarring. I mean, the, the shot of her, like, sped up and, like, shaking. Yeah, I, I kind of liked that. It looked cool, but, like, it felt kind of weird in the context of the routine. I don't Yeah, know. well, I mean, I, I think it's I think it is an an effective like shattering of that repetition which like the film does and needs to. Like sure. it, it like there is it, it's about that disruption, right? But like my problem is kind of like I was like, "Oh, cool. This is kind of psychedelic and like visually interesting. It's something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it it's like demanding that I pay attention to something. But then it's like there's kind of not much more of that, you yeah. know? I I will say like I I do enjoy I it, it's it's nothing more than a motif really, but like visually reversing shots is cool especially when they're nice sure. nature shots when shot on film like especially when shot on film yeah technical skill it looks good um i mean you know they they do of course process it digitally so they could always just run that back in yeah. you know in yeah, premiere um but like no it, like it's always it's visually interesting again like it's just a visual motif. Um, you know, you know what, what I was really thinking about this movie is like this movie, uh, already exists before this one done better. And it's the lighthouse. Lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I made the joke like after several more like perfectly framed shots, I was like, it's like if Wes Anderson did the lighthouse. (sighs) Yeah. I just, I just ignored that. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, Thematically, there is there are lots of parallels, mm-hmm. lots yeah. and lots. 100%. Except the lighthouse is also like about Prometheus and classical madness, right? And like sure. tales, and it's all period piece. There's just so much more to grip onto. This right? is also a that period, period piece, piece. Right? Yeah. but like what is? But like it takes advantage of being a period piece beyond just like the aesthetic. They're, they're right? different. I mean, they're different periods. Um, but also, like it talks about mermaids. It talks like like the dialogue is very period driven. Well, I mean, that's that's the dialogue. big thing is that there's dialogue. Yeah, I think that it's an old myth. The biggest the so biggest reason the, the biggest reason that the lighthouse there's, this movie has tons of texture too. Like the biggest reason that the lighthouse succeeds. I mean, because they had two characters. It's because it's because it's two characters off of to play other. off of each other. You know, it's like most of this movie is just the one woman, and you know we do see other people. You know, who are ghosts, kind of, sort of memories. You know, but every everybody is just like it's all the characters all of this is just stoicism it's yeah. just like yeah. totally like blank face like non-reactive just you know stare like it 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 is uh impersonal and you know i think that there's that's probably by design but the lighthouse the lighthouse is a story of of madness via isolation but it's two characters who are drive who are you know, contributing to each other's madness. Yeah, being, and being stuck there together I is think, what drives I them think insane. That's a great point. And this movie like, needs and that. And that's what I mean when I say an emotional core to the lighthouse. Right. You know? Is like is like is narrative grip. Yeah. Right. Like like there is texture yes. and there there are things to glom onto. 
the mythos with the seabirds, mermaids, the two characters and their interplay and, like, how they take advantage of each other and, um, like, there, there's, there's so many, like, social things that happen and it's, there's drama. And, and also, too, like, t- tending the lighthouse as a routine is way more interesting than looking at some flowers. Like and walking away. I don't think that's in. I don't think that's inherently true, but I think that. uh, Sure. I think that like your pre shown your your point before that is is really the biggest like crux, which is that it's hard to do drama without characters. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie does not really have characters. it, it, It almost does in like the ghosts. Like it, the, it almost does, like, and, yeah. And like, like the the ghost of her. The protagonist is almost a character. Yeah, That's like, the like, thing. like, there's like, the, the her, her, her lover or whoever it was, and her daughter or whoever that was. Like these, you know, these, yeah. these people who've died in her past that are haunting, or her, something her, her has her happened in the past. Island. Yeah, like it's uh, or or someone's past exactly. Like because there's some play with chronology because she also sees the miners and we know that they were stranded there and died. Yeah, yeah. so like there's. There's almost interplay there, but there's hardly any dialogue between. Yeah, well, I I think of directors there's like social interaction, Bellatar or Robert Bresson, who uh, you know have very stoic, model esque actors who really don't emote at all. Yorgos Lanthimos too. Yeah, I think yeah. it works for them because there's an emotional core within the story mm-hmm. to the point where the audience projects their emotion onto the characters. And I think that uh that Jenkins was trying to do that here where like the main character is stoic, but you know, I think we were meant to project our feelings of like how we understand grief to feel onto them. Yeah. It just doesn't connect. Yeah, it's 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 a little it's a little bit too specific for you to like project yourself onto it, but but vague enough to be hard to connect with. It's like, yeah, it's it's a weird middle ground. Like, I think there's a lot of like interesting implications in the film that like if there was some if there's just some more like some more like concrete grounding could could have been great stuff yeah you know like obviously yeah there's some like presumed trauma involving her family presumably we don't know but yeah this man she keeps seeing and this young girl it's like it's probably her husband and daughter maybe um, there's there's some there's some religious thing going on. She sees yeah. this priest a couple of times, but, but also, like the daughter could also be her younger self. That's yeah, that's because, true as well. well. Because she has this scar running across yeah. her abdomen diagonally, mm-hmm. and when the girl falls off the building, she falls into glass and she cuts herself the same way. Might have caught that. Yeah, yeah that's so, true. Like, it that's could be true. Like, oh, the death of her younger self, or something again. Yeah, pretentious. pretentious. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like, yeah. and it's like, oh, we don't know if it's her daughter or younger self or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, well, now we just we just don't know anything. Like, we don't have enough to go off of, and you know, it, it leaves things open ended to the point of leaving nothing. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with ambiguity, but I do think there. I, I do long for something a little bit more tangible in this film. Just it. It doesn't even have to be much. Like. Just a little bit, you know? a few of those crumbs. Sure. Yeah, just a little bit. But the vibes are good. I think that's the biggest core failure of this movie, right? Like, I think this movie it's can be just as too abstract, yeah. as it is. It just needs some sort of emotive core or something to grasp onto, you know? I think even if the character expressed facially a little bit more yeah it would be enough or, you know another thing this movie just could have used is and i don't 
I don't care about it really landing or not, but just more scares. Yeah. Oh man, movie, I mean, this like, this movie is horror? this movie is like truly devoid of like anything See, this scary. This is a place where you really don't. Which is a shame. Is which a is shame. a shame. Yeah. I mean, there's like. I mean, I gotta say, I think that's a failure of marketing. Like, I don't think this movie should have even been marketed been as a marketed horror, as a horror, movie. As a horror movie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not. Because... I mean, it's like, it has hints of the macabre. Like, they do, there is the part where they find, they find the body in the water. That's kind of it, though. Like, you know, you've got these ideas of quote-unquote ghosts you know these ghosts of her past or the the men that she sees in the mine but they don't do anything other than look into the camera you know it's like okay you're haunted by ghosts but what does that mean right mean? like they're they're there she is haunted this island is haunted but to what end it means grief but to what end like that's 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 the thing it's just like it's fine if it means grief. That's okay. Every like every horror movie about ghosts uh, is, is about grief. Like it, it's fine. It's okay. But like to to what end? And and like that's that's the thing is like there's not any real like sort of climax. Like things get like a little bit trippier, and she starts like seeing herself, and like ooh the rot the the monolith disappears. Yeah. At one point, and ooh, now it's right outside her door. And it's like, oh, her scar is covered in lichen, the same lichen that she sees on the flowers. But it's like, uh, but but to what end? Like, what is what <laughs> what what comes of that? Like, where where is where is the threat? You know, and and in execution. <laughs> It's like Skinnamarink has Skinnamarink is minimalist and you can't see what's going on, but Skinnamarink has a threat. Boy, yeah, does it have boy a threat! Does it. Absolutely, boy, does it have a threat! No, I couldn't agree more. You like, know, Skin- and it's like it's it's it, frankly it's like the worst threat possible. And it's and like Ennisman does not have a well, threat. And the, like the, the grief can be the threat, and madness can be the threat. Like that's fine. I mean, that's the same with the lighthouse. But like the, the you have to like act on that threat beyond right. having a person randomly scream and then showing another person randomly scream in another location or showing, like, all of the miners smiling in the dark. It's a good start, but you you can't stop there. Right, but right, yeah. what is what well, is the outcome of her like, madness? You can't so much more with the miners, that, I felt. That's an interesting segue into a question I have for both of y'all. Sure. Do you think this movie could be saved with, like, a bigger finale? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I I was, you know, I was never having a bad time. Like, I was always, like, sort of, like, mostly on board, mm-hmm. even up through the end. But I was kind of just like, uh, all right, I guess that was it. You know, like, it's not bad, but, like, I do wish there was more. I think this movie could be made great with, like, a meaningful climax. Yeah. Well, like- I, I think that's all it needs is it just needs something to justify the build because i think it i think it builds really well Mm -hmm. but it builds to nothing yeah and and if it was building to something it could be i think it could be really great because it does a lot of things right yeah weird too because the movie is it's called ennis men the movie features a routine in which our protagonist on the way back to her home like the interim is always interrupted by her walking to the edge of the mine shaft and holding dropping up and the dropping rocks. a stone. She, yeah. also, she drops it very robotically too. It wasn't mm-hmm. really. It was. It's kind of comedic, almost the way. Like at the very beginning, she like she lifts almost like a cartoon. Like it's very stiff, and she drops it, and there's like well, any person would just kind of reach over and there'd be. Well, I mean, there. it's it's robotic because the ritual is robot. She's on. She is literally. She's living on autopilot. Yeah. That's why it's robotic. There's like the one point later in the film where she kind of like from a distance, sort of like chucks a rock in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then she runs back and does it the right way. Right. You know, it's like the the break from the routine like freaks her out. You know, mm. so it's cool because like, also yeah, like the lichen is a break from her routine and it freaks her out. And I and I do like, like something I do like the cool you know the they there's always when she drops the rock and there's like a direct overhead shot going down always the mine the shaft. Shot, yeah. It's always the same shot, but I like that. 
whether you can see the bottom or not changes. How long it takes to hit. There's like inconsistencies with how long until you hear the echo of the rock hit the bottom or whatever. Sometimes it bounces off the side, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, it's like for a lot of the time, it's like it's a deep shaft, but you can see like water down at the bottom. You can see like light reflecting off water. And then a few times towards the end, it's just like black all the way down. And I, I think that that, you know, again, visually, it's cool. But we need her to, like, properly go down into the well yeah. and experience the Ennis. I, 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 thought, I thought that's what it was building to, that's like, my point, the right? descent. Like she keeps walking by it, they keep setting it up. She sees the miners around. The like, descent into the, the mine. The ghosts of the island are slowly bringing her into this one place. It's a lot like, um, uh, you're seeing, like, House of Voices or, uh... Um, no, I read House of Leaves, though. Uh, or, uh, it has a, the, the French name is different for that movie, but, um... Or the orphanage, I think it's also called, but um, it's uh, th- there's a very similar thing where it's like a haunted orphanage, and we follow this protagonist, and so we find out why the ghosts lead her into seeing why the orphanage is haunted. Didn't we do that on the podcast? We did. The orphanage, the Spanish movie. Oh, the Del Toro produced one. Yeah, not the same movie, different movie. Oh. <laughs> No, it's called House of Voices, or, yeah, no, no, different film. I think I mentioned it on the I was going to say, because what you described was just the orphanage, which well, we no, did no, do on the podcast. Film. Like, there's this great shot with, like, all these, like, handprints on the glass, like, on a mirror. It, it's a whole thing. But anyway, um, no, I watched it, like, back in high school. I haven't, I haven't seen it since. It, it might not be very good. But, um, anyway, there's a lot of movies that do it. But, like, I love that idea. You know, ghosts calling back on you. Silent Hill was kind of about yeah. that. Like... There's there's a lot of cool narratives that are about like ghosts, you know, trying to 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 to, to lead you. So, oh, um, another great example is uh, Caveat. Has that? Yeah, sure. Know, with like a with a ghost trying to like manipulate the the situation, and it, it's super cool. And I was getting that vibe with these miners, like, um, and and even if they are just like this overwhelming force of grief that take her in the end. You know, like, they they just sort of represent, like, her own grief and her own past and her own losses or whatever. Yeah, it's like they don't really take her at the end either. They don't. It's like and nothing. Have, it been, it again, like, bad. nothing really happens. Like, we yeah, that. well, and, and you know, that, there's, that's all it needed. That's the, all we, needed. We get a number of shots of that, like, uh, that, like, drawing that's, like, framed in the house of, like, the stone of, like, the monolith. Mm-hmm. And it's got, like... Corpses. It's got inverted. It's inverted under. You see it above and below ground, and there's like bones and stuff under there. It's like, yeah, I'm thinking, okay, so like we see her like dropping the rock into the mine. She's constantly, you know, she's drawn to this this monolith. Um, that's that that's where the the source of the lichen, right? That's got the lichen growing on it. That ends up growing on her and on the flowers and shit. It's like, okay, so she's gonna descend into the mine. And see what's under that monolith. And guess right? what? It's the same as the surface. It's all inverted. Cool. Cool ending. But Nothing. none of that. Yeah, we don't get any of that. She just, yeah, yeah just, and just kind of you know, I I almost wish the monolith had more of a an alluring sort of hypnotic force to it. You know, I almost feel like they were trying to do that with yeah. the motif of it throughout the movie. But it wasn't. It did. It never felt like she was drawn to it. Like I feel like it could have been. Yeah, that, that felt like a bit of a half measure. That felt like a bit of a half measure. There was at one bit very early on where we saw a shot of the monolith kind of lit from the base at night, and I said it looks like there's a face of a mustache man on there. And you're like, oh, like the lover from the beginning, which is kind of yeah, funny. like the guy she keeps saying. I, yeah, I gotta say, the lover. Got big Mario vibes. Oh, for sure, man! That sh- where she sees them like dancing in the living room. That was funny that as was fuck, funny. man. Was, like, that was funny as shit. That was hell. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a lot of moments, and particularly when the movie tries to do horror, where it's pretty funny. Like again, the screaming, um, where it cuts to him scream ah! outside, and then her in bed ah! somewhere else. That's that's not. F- 
that's not, it's funny. Like it's it. I'm sorry. Like it. it yeah, it's funny. It's funny because like, it's funny because the punch ends, and it's like that's a like a 70s stylistic thing. It's like so that shit is funny in 70s movies too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, I, yeah. It's been parodied to death I, again. You know, I I think I think Ben is right when it's like this film. It, it was kind of badly marketed as a horror film because it really isn't like. It never. It's never scary. It's eerie at times, at best. Yep. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily trying to be a horror film. Right. Well, that's uh, the thing. Is like, even if it doesn't land, I just don't think this movie tries to be scary. Yeah. Whether it's scary or not, it just doesn't really put in put that in. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I I certainly feel like it's trying to be atmospheric. Yes. Oh, yeah. But. Uh, I think it's lamps. I think it's successfully atmospheric. I, I just kind of you know want that to lead to something. Atmosphere is great the whole time. I was feeling the vibes that this movie was laying down. Like I was vibing with it, but I was waiting for something to happen, yeah, yeah. and nothing nothing ever really did I mean, happen. With, cool. In terms of atmosphere and vibes, like it just maybe this is the fault of the trailer. But it kept reminding me of The Wicker Man yeah. and how much more tangible and evocative the vibes yeah. of The Wicker Man. <laughs> well, are, the wi- The know? Wicker Man also has like a plot and characters, you know. And at one point, The Wicker Man cuts to snails. And this movie also cuts to a, a to a, a slug, slug once. And you know, uh, guess what? In The Wicker Man, it's it means a lot. There's a lot of meaning behind that shot of, like, the slugs fucking, right? Like, Christopher Lee comes out and, like, even comments on it. Whereas in this movie, it's, like, cool, it's an artistic shot of a slug, but, like... Oh. Uh, that's fine, that's fine, it's a vibe shot. It was, the slug was moving backwards, it was one of those reverse shots. It's fine, it's fine. Again, The Wicker okay. Man has plot and characters. This movie was trying to do something different. Um... I, you know, I, I, I definitely agree. Like, the trailer gave off, like, such huge Wicker Man vibes. I mean, the comparison is obvious because, you know, 70s film, or in this case, 70s style film, uh, with some, like, pagan occult vibes on an island uh, off of the the British Isles, you know. Yeah. But honestly, like, the whole time I was watching this movie, I barely thought of the wicker man at all well and that's the thing i thought like, of the lighthouse a lot but almost never the wicker man this really one's really not very occult no know? i again there's there's the hints of it you know the, the, the skulls beneath with the inversion is the the cool. like a, a, a monolith like a, a monolith like an old an old standing stone that is like worshipped is like that's very like old you know European occult kind of shit. Sure. Yeah, but there's people you know yeah. she's got the all the the girls dancing around it and singing and it's like there's hints of that you know but nothing really tangible you know there's something with the flowers too yeah. it's like ooh what are these strange flowers you know. Are they magical or psychedelic, hallucinogenic or something? You know, are they are these flowers that grow on this island used in old pagan rituals? Uh, no, <laughs> there's there's it's an evocative film. It evokes a lot of interesting ideas that I think are not really present in the film overall, but it sure does evoke them. <laughs> Question for y'all. If you can, if you were able to take a job, let's say twenty thousand dollars for one month, isolated on an island doing research on flowers, would you take it? Yeah, for just a month? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I take it for like two months, like uh, two to three. Like I can always fucking draw. Like I, I'm. I could keep myself real fucking entertained. That's that's fine. Yeah, no, I I feel like I as as like a as like a, a meditative exercise. Like I feel like I could definitely do that. I think I could too. I think I think there would. I'd love it. There would be there would definitely be boredom, but uh, yeah. I value boredom honestly. Boredom nowadays. is good. Yeah, I do feel like we're not. We don't let ourselves be bored enough. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think the internet has 
broken a lot of our brains. Yeah. My Maybe. man, mine included. Yeah. Mine I feel like 100%. I need to fucking set my damn phone down. That's the down. thing I realized more than anything when <laughs> No. Uh, when I first moved into my apartment, it took them like a week to install internet. So I was without internet for a week. And I was so bored, and I kind of valued that feeling because, like, I I don't feel like I feel that very often. Yeah, man. I think bore- there's so much distractions everywhere. I think boredom kind of facilitates creativity in a way yes. that uh, that other things do not. And uh, yeah, that man that that's an that's a totally unrelated tangent, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's valid, you know? Like, she is very isolated on this island. Yeah. Prone to what should be boredom. I I do. I did like the reveal towards the end where, like, we see the notes that she's been taking and, uh, you know, where she notes the date, the, the temperature of the soil and her observations on the flower. And it's always just been no change, no change, no change. And it's like... We see, like, the page that she's been working on, and it's like, okay, it looks like she's been there, like, you know, a week, two weeks. But then at the end, we see, like, the wider shot of the whole, and there's, like, a whole other page Mm -hmm. with just, like, that identical thing. It's like, oh, no, she's been here a long time. I like that reveal. Wish they did a little bit more with it, but... Did it that? Well, speaking of board, are we ready to... Rate? Yeah, are we bored with this discussion? Yeah. Are you bored, listener? Are you ready for us to wrap this shit up? All right. Um, well, start us off then, Clave. Yeah, What's um, uh, what, what? What would you rate this? So many times, the vibes are good. The substance isn't there for me. There's other vibes movies. I think I like the vibes of more. Um, we did talk about Lamb to compare other another kind of vibes movie. I also much prefer Lamb. Uh, but you know what? I think I think a fine three. Above average, I'll give it that. Fine. Ben, what about you? Any's men, more like Any's mid. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Whoa. Three out of five as well. Um, you know, I'm gonna give it the. I'm gonna give it a little bump. I'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five. Sure. Um, uh, this, you know, I, I. I, I feel like we were pretty, uh, you know, harsh in, in our critique of the film, but, like, ultimately I didn't have a bad time watching it. It didn't feel too long. Like, I definitely was, you know, mostly engaged with, like, the sort of hypnotic pacing. Like, except when you're looking at Beef Wellington. Except when I was looking at Beef Wellington, you yes. Know, it, it, Beef Wellington is very compelling. You're the one, Cleveland, you're the one who brought up Gordon Ramsay. While we were watching the movie, so it's really your fault. I wouldn't have been thinking about Beef Wellington otherwise. <laughs> um, so it's not the movie's fault. It's Cleveland's I fault. I didn't Google Beef Wellington. No, but you brought it up. But you brought it up. Uh, so it's your fault. It's not the movie's fault. Um, it's kind of the movie's fault I brought up Beef Wellington. Though. But I was, yeah, I was otherwise pretty engaged. I think, I think it's, I think this movie is a great technical accomplishment in making a film a film that truly does feel like it was made in the 70s uh aesthetically all the techniques that it used like if if i did not on a rock so that made it a little bit easier if i did not know that this film was shot in the last year or so i would think that it was a 70s film and i think that except for the credits music Except for the credits, credits music, yeah. Uh, and I think that that is an, a great technical achievement. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give it the three and a half out of five. I would watch it again and see if maybe uh, maybe it connects with me better on, on second viewing. But that will give Ennis Men an average of 3.2 out of five. Uh, I don't think that's... It's a strong recommendation from any of us, but, you know... From Ennis of us. Maybe it'd be your thing. <laughs> um, Next week, it's Cleveland's pick. What are we doing next week, Cleve? Next week, we are doing a big, big hard left turn. Uh, We're going to watch Shin Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking oh, yeah. yeah. I have been meaning to watch Shin Godzilla oh, for ages. Yeah. And on top of that, I'm finally bringing my buddy Spence on... You know, like, Spence has never been on before, but, like, his, uh, a lot of his recommendations and 
a lot of like takes and stuff that I have are were influenced by him. Like when we watch like our, any of the Tokusatsu stuff or whatever, I learned a lot of that stuff from him. So I'm really excited to bring him on so he can uh, just really weave out. With we're, his... we're bringing on a, a, a Japanese expert <laughs> and a cryptid expert. Spence is great, but he's a good friend of mine. And is Godzilla be... a cryptid? No, no. I don't think so. No, no, no. He, oh, no, I'm just saying he's all he's also super into all that kind of stuff. And, like, we, we have a lot of fun during movie nights and stuff. And I think I think he'll be a real should have uh, Should have brought him on for the Abominable episode. I would have liked to see. You would have a lot, of, a lot of stuff to say. Yeah, well, maybe it's not the last time. Well, you know, well, uh, I, I think. Bigfoot movies I feel like Spence and I would would align uh, in our in our thoughts on Bigfoot. I think you would. Yeah. I think you would. Does he exist? I think so. Ooh. He's out there. You weren't on that episode. Yeah, so. I did listen to it though. Oh yeah, what'd you think? I I thought it was pretty good. I don't think I'm gonna watch that movie. You're not. I missing feel like much. I've seen variants of that movie dozens of times yeah, on the, the Sci-Fi the, the, channel. The best thing about it was Jeffrey Combs by Miles and Lance Henriksen, and also the dude who gets his face bitten off by by the Sasquatch. There's, There's yeah. I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad we watched it. Anyway, sponsor time. I'm glad I watched it for like the eighth time. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so next week is Shin Godzilla, so sponsor time, yes. The bell tolls on the shelf. The shelf bell. The shelf uh, yeah, bell the, the sponsor shelf has a bell. The yeah. shelf bell tolls. What, what terrible fate has beset us this week to give us money for our episode? Yeah. Uh, this week... Sorry, this week was brought to you by, well, have you ever been to a, just out and about having a day and then you tripped and fell into a dark dimensional portal into an, into a strange liminal space, but also a sexy liminal space. This episode is brought to you by the Backshots Room, <laughs> an officially licensed Backrooms porn parody. Thanks. Fuck into another place. <laughs> yeah. The back's so hard, I no clip. <laughs> into the back shots room. Into the back shots room. <laughs> All right. Uh, th- then that'll do it for us this week. So liminal. <laughs> if you if you like the show, uh, leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam, Zach, and Micah. We love them and thank them and appreciate them. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod. I don't really post anything over there, but I did realize that that's probably the best way to, like message us outside of the discord so if you have any reason to get in contact with us twitter is the place to do yeah. it um you can also follow us at letterbox.com slash pod pod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews i'm on twitter at some spooky snake and streaming on twitch at twitch.tv slash some spooky snake sometimes um yeah again i I'm not gonna plug Twitter anymore. So instead, I'm What's gonna. What's your recommendation? For I'm this gonna place? give a recommendation for the new Spirit Possession record. Yes. Um, of the is, sign. Of the sign. It's so good. <laughs> it is some incredible, incredible metal. Good recommendation. Um, it's very thrashy. Um, it, it, how would you describe it? I I find it hard to describe, but it's incredibly technical. It's black metal, but it's like, yeah. uh, but it's very like manic. It's and incredibly intense. technical guitar music, and he's doing all of this finger picking style, oh, cool. which is super impressive. Yeah, um, yeah that that record is incredible. Check it out. They're on tour with Bell Witch later mm-hmm. this year too. We're going to see them. Oh, I'm sure. I'll see live. Um, Dope. Yeah. <laughs> and better, I did. I did mention uh, earlier that Ennisman would make a good Bell Witch music video. So you did, and it would. It comes full circle. It's funny that Bell they're touring stuff. together because like they're opposite could sides not, of the could spectrum. Could not be more different in yeah. terms of style. But uh, I'm super hyped for that tour. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, anyway. Um, Hi. What's up? 
Hi, I'm Cleveland. Mosier. Yeah. You might know me from the hour we from just, the podcast. We're from um, uh, yeah, uh, it's me uh, here to do uh, a sponsor for you. Not a sponsor. We already did a sponsor. Sorry, I'm. What's happening? I'm pretty drunk. Uh, I uh, I'm gonna shout out to uh, Dread XP. And all the games that we're working on over there uh, that I do every week. Uh, go go check out any of them. Amanda's been blowing up, dude. Shout out to Cleveland's job. <laughs> no, seriously, go play Amanda the Adventurer. It fucking whips. Everyone's playing it. Um, and uh, it's legitimately good. And again, the WNUF uh, folks did the uh, the analog horror uh, sequences in it. And it's fucking cool. It's really cool. Um... Yeah, just amazing, amazing stuff. Go check out like all the, the the fan art and stuff has been amazing for Amanda too. Uh, uh, this one person just dropped like a whole something Neutron or whatever dropped like this really cool animated sequence that was really rad. But anyway, go check it out. I'll, uh, that's it from me. All right, don't for, thanks for listening. Don't forget to Ennis your men. <laughs>